to Luke, the first chapter. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Mary, the bearer of God, a teenage Jewish girl of Nazareth, a town that many years later when people start to hear about Jesus the religious leaders and others would say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? The grand miracle of the incarnation, God becoming flesh, dwelling among us, happens in a little backwater town of a teenaged, ordinary Jewish girl What is God up to? It confounds our thinking of how Almighty God should work. And of course, this teenage girl says that very thing to the angel Gabriel. How can this be? How can I have found favor? How can God come to one as ordinary as myself? She is poor compared to the world. 
Now, Nazareth, we've come to know through some archaeology of recent that it wasn't completely impoverished. It was, there was viticulture and there was stuff going on, but certainly she was not of the upper echelons of the world and society. And she wonders, how can God choose me to be the bearer of the Messiah? This is Christmas. God begins with the humble and ordinary. And as the Nicene or the Athanasius Creed would say, God is taking all of humanity into God's self. And so what does Mary do, this ordinary Jewish girl do? Does she stop doing everything that she's doing? Well, does she go sit on some throne somewhere, look at me? No, she just goes to her cousin. For obvious reasons, she probably needed to go hang out with her cousin for quite a many months. And there she finds out that her cousin has miraculously born and become pregnant, not born, but become pregnant, just like the many women of the Old Testament whose wombs were barren, dead, would conceive. Could this not be the resurrection of the dead ahead of time? a foretaste, a glimmer of what would come on Easter Sunday? I think so, but you decide. So Mary goes. But note Mary's reaction to the angel Gabriel is one of fear. Wouldn't we be afraid to see an angel in all the angel's glory? <laughs> Do not be afraid. Gabriel knows angel instruction really well. He knows what to say. But Mary can't grasp it with her reason. She's afraid. She's probably wondering what others will think. And yet, she receives this word of the angel. She trusts that what the angel says is true, that God indeed has taken her unto God's self, and the Holy Spirit will overshadow her, and she will indeed be and do what the angel has said. What about you and I today? As we draw near Christmas, and we're in the midst of the traffic in Silverdale, Many of you have that dreaded diagnosis of cancer, maybe going through treatments. God has taken that into God's self. Many of you worry about family members who are hurting and struggling. God has taken that into God's self. Many of you are worried about your job. Maybe it's just not fulfilling. Maybe it's so stressful. Maybe it's just not where you want it to be. God has taken that all unto himself. Maybe you've got caregiving fatigue. You're out of gas. God has taken that to God's self. Maybe you're really worried about your grades. And is it going to be good enough to get you to college and get some scholarships? 
because college is insanely expensive. Well, God has taken those worries into God's self. Maybe you've got that seasonal sadness. God has taken that into God's self. That's what's happening for Mary. That's what's happening for you and I as we hear the word. And maybe you, just like Mary, am I worthy to have such a gift? To be taken into God's purpose? To be taken into God's self? Am I worry, worthy? As I worry about so many things and I fall short in so many ways. I've told this story maybe a couple times since I've been here, but um, I, I remember when I think about God taking us into God's self, something that happened to me my senior year in high school. Our team is headed for the state championship and uh, ground ball to the third baseman. I'm playing first and he throws the throw. It's a good throw, but it's just a little too high. So up I go. I don't want to jump because I want to keep my foot on the bag and my knee dislocates. And I crash to the ground in utter pain. And my best, well, one of my close friends' dad was a power lifter. He was maybe 5'5", five, five, I don't know but he was a cannonball. And he was in the stands and he rushed out and he picked me up like a feather and carried me to the dugout. We in our pain have had God come to us and pick us up into God's embrace. That is Christmas. That is the incarnation. God taking us to himself in our hurt, in our joys, and sorrows. And so this is where Mary is of the greatest help to us. The bearer of God. Even better, the receiver of the word. Because we have this promise that God has taken us unto God's self. God is with us. Emmanuel, that's awesome. But way better is the promise that God is for us, not just with us. It doesn't make sense, this radical proclamation that the one who created everything is going to come in a manger, chooses an insignificant Jewish girl, teenage girl, to be the vehicle by which God would take on flesh and come into the world to save us. Think about Mary's circumstances. If she would have thought and looked at her circumstances, she would have said, this can't be, this is a dream, this is a joke, this is a, it just, I am not worthy, I can't do it, this is ridiculous. But she doesn't look at her circumstances. She doesn't look with her eyes. She hears with her ears. Looking at an angel might be just terrifying, but listening to one is the best thing that you could ever do. And she says the greatest confession, in my view, in all of Scripture. All of Scripture. 
She's our utmost greatest hero. Let it be with me. Let it be with me. I know all the circumstances. I'm just, I'm unworthy. I'm poor. I'm this, I'm that. But let it be with me according to what your. Yes. And that means, yes, she's open to being taken into God's will and doing God's work, but even more so, when she says, let it be, this is what's so cool, the word here in Greek is egenito, it's um, the word became flesh, it is the word of creation. Create in me a clean heart, we say sometimes. It, she says, create in me, let it be with me. She isn't like, okay, I'm going to do it, but she's, you do it, God, you Use me. Let me be created for you and create in me. And then she says, according to your word. That is the greatest and best thing ever. What are we called to do? Listen to what God says about you, about us as the body of Christ, about me and you, all of us, that's what we are called to do. That's what we can do as we get ready for Christmas is think about Mary saying, let it be with me according to your word. What does God's word say about you? In the Psalms it says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what your pain, what has dropped you to the ground today in agony and is what's plaguing you. But hear this promise. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You count. You matter. God knows who you are, and you are precious to God. What does God's Word say to you? Romans 8, Paul says, nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Not height, nor depth, nor life, nor death, nor anything else in all of creation can separate you from the love of God. You may feel separated. Your circumstances may make you feel that way. But here, let it be with you according to what God says. Not what your circumstances say. Not what the world says. Not what the school says. Not what your peers say. Not what your successes or failures say. Not what your achievements say. Not any of that. Hear what God's Word says. And God's Word says you are forgiven and you are precious in His eyes. Jesus, I love what he says in John 10, not only are you in God's hands, not only is God taking you up, but my sheep hear my voice. You're his sheep. Hear his voice. Let it be with us according to your word. This is the good news. We've been held in the strong arms of our Savior. Amen.